0: Welcome to the Impossible Podcasts. Doctor Who, Series 7B, Episode 1, The Bells of St. John. I'm Caleb Woodbridge, and I'm P.G. now. Just me, or is the numbering getting really confusing uh, it, this days?
1: I think we might almost get away with calling this one season eight. Uh, it's it's been that long because <laughs> this is this is episode. Technically, this is episode seven of series seven. Yes,
0: yeah, okay. I play a list as episode one. <laughs> mm, nah, so, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Stephen Moffat's infuriating attempt to break season numbering. (laughs) Yes, isn't it just? Uh, Anyway, on to more interesting matters. (laughs) Uh, It's the re-re
1: introduction of Clara. Yes, yeah, third time lucky. Um, She still hasn't actually agreed to go anywhere with the Doctor yet. It's um, they've been treading water with this one. Uh, so we've got her to discuss And we've also got
0: uh, a few things to mark with the podcast itself We have
1: it, it is. Well, First of all, it's our fifth birthday today Happy birthday to us Hey, happy <laughs> birthday <laughs> um, Yeah, it's uh, time flies when you're having fun Doesn't it
0: just? But also we have some news in that uh, This will probably be the last Doctor Who commentary uh, that we record. It's not going to be our last episode, but I have just got a job in uh, London, and along with the rest
1: of the team, a lot of things have changed in five years. Mm. Uh, They have indeed. I mean, we're all spread fairly far and wide at the moment, Mm -hmm. even though uh, the bulk of us are still in Cardiff. We're no longer within a few streets of each other. Yeah. Between us, we've had something like... Two weddings two weddings, two, two children, two children, <laughs> um, uh, more changes of job and house than I think we can count between, mm. yeah, with us all spreading every which way over the country,
0: um it's um not quite as easy as it used to be to mm. get us all together and uh coordinate things, so five years is a pretty good run, so thank you very much for listening. And we will be uh, doing a few more things before the curtain finally falls on Impossible Podcasts. We've got uh, some material from BristolCon still to come. And uh, we will do something looking... Well, we're not going to be running weekly commentaries because, frankly, the next few weeks are going to be manic, uh, just moving to London. Uh, so it's not exactly conducive to hobbies or no, anything no, like that. But we will try to do some uh, summary looking back on this series mm-hmm. of Doctor Who uh, as a whole, once it's finished, but also on the five years of doing impossible podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. So we hope to have as many of our past contributors involved as possible and you the listeners uh please send in uh your thoughts and comments for that because it would be great to
1: have your thoughts as well yes yeah no for those of you who've been following us for a while thank you very much first and foremost um but yeah if, if if you do have any particularly fond memories of what we've got up to in the last five years be it doctor who related or otherwise uh do please let us know So yes, well, on with the commentary. Yes, yes, to business. (laughs) To business. The bells of
0: St John. If you're listening along at home, press play now. So we begin with
1: Earth from Space, which is a fairly traditional opening. It's practically a Doctor Who trope by now, isn't it? Um... I mean, the ghost of Russell T Davis does loom large over this episode, mm. um, as is so often the case with anything that's set in contemporary Britain. Um, mm. uh, we, you've got this rapid cutting between global uh, landmarks and situations. We've had London, we've had Tokyo, mm. we've got bits of Eurostar, San Francisco there and a talking head on a screen that's That's, Rusty Rusty Davis all over really
0: well there's also the episode the echo of um Blink I thought ah that's true yes um but yeah it's certainly returning to the contemporary urban Mm. thing that
1: hasn't that was a staple of the Rusty Davis era Uh, which Moffat shied away from by Mm. and large hasn't he um there's also overtones of, um, Sherlock. Oh, of Sherlock, of course, with the writing appearing on the screen as it's being typed out. And, and working quite well, I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, this episode is notable in that the production team actually sent someone to Tokyo to pick up some uh, location footage. Oh, right. And I think I uh, may actually have sent someone to San Francisco as well. Mm. So uh, our first bit of international filming of this of this Mm. series or semi-series. Now I've
0: been quite out of the loop as far as uh, Doctor Who um, fandom uh, and spoilers goes Mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of months. But it was really nice um, coming into it uh, with a fairly blank slate, not knowing coming in completely spoiler-free. Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, in the past uh, I've often picked up lots of bits and pieces mm. uh, just from being online and uh, seeing all the things, but I uh, hadn't even watched the clips from the episode on the uh, official site. No, I'd
1: seen the prequel that
0: yes, was released on BCI
1: Player about a week beforehand. But uh, no, not not through any sort of intent on my part, but I'd, I'd been more or less spoiler free as well. I simply hmm. haven't. Um, had the time to go looking for anything <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it, it's it's nice and then you get the
0: um, surprise of oh 12.07 wasn't expecting that mm.
1: but this is um, more of a Moffat trope than, a, than yeah. a Rusty Days one isn't it starting in a, one particular time period and then suddenly throwing uh into a completely different one and connecting the two Shouldn't, is not a so,
0: what do you think of the fact that the Doctor having decided to go looking for Clara Oswin, <laughs> decides that the best way to do so is to um, hole up as a monk in the 13th century?
1: Well, it wouldn't have been my first choice, <laughs> uh, but then I get the impression it's not the Doctor's first choice either. I mean, particularly if you if you have watched the prequel, mm. um, where he's. Uh, chatting with a young girl in a in a, mm. uh, in a playground in modern day Britain uh, we're told that he has been looking all over and has just been yeah. tr- trying his luck in various different time periods in the hope that he'd bump into uh, so yeah I get the impression a lot of time has passed for the Doctor again in between stories and that he's drawn a blank and has, as, as we're told has come here to reflect and see if he can think of anything hmm Now, as it happens, she's actually put in touch with him, of course. Yes.
0: This is one of the mysterious little bits of uh, plot.
1: Yeah, so this is going to come up in a moment, isn't it? The woman in the shop gives Mm. Clara um, a phone number. So I assume the woman in the shop is River. Because, I mean, how many other women have the Doctor's phone number?
0: Yeah. If song seems the most likely candidate, although uh, given the revelations about the 50th anniversary,
1: who knows, it could be Rose Tyler. <laughs> it could be Rose Tyler, oh, of course, yes. Um, Very good point. Cool. Uh, we've also got a little uh, sort of off-screen cameo by Amelia Williams, better known as yes. Amy Pond. Who's... Nice little link there. well, hmm. Moffat doesn't seem able to let go of the ponds. He keeps picking yeah. at them like a like a scab that won't quite heal that's a very familiar um,
0: netbook, in fact it's uh, the same as uh, what we're recording the podcast on is it? I, look, I hadn't noticed hey. or it looks very similar model
1: now the Bells of St John uh, was an intriguing title uh, of course mm. it brings to mind the nursery rhyme yeah. yes. oranges and lemons say the Bells of St Clemens, which is A nursery rhyme about the various churches of London uh, and Moffat had called this a a, a London-centric urban thriller Uh, so it's a little I wouldn't say disappointing but a bit misleading I think to find that the bells of St John actually refer to the TARDIS telephone (laughs) but of course this is the second time that we've as far as I know only the second time we've seen the TARDIS telephone in, Mm. in terms of the actual police box telephone ring and it's been a Moffat episode each time. The first time being the uh, Empty Child, way yes. back in Series One.
0: Internet. internet. do I have the internet? Mm. It is a nice
1: juxtaposition of time zones. It is. I mean, this this works quite nicely, I think. In a different time zone. Yeah, you really talk bad. I not out. What don't you think? Listen, where did you get this number? I'm in mm. shop, It's a helpline, isn't it? She said it's the best help woman? Who was she? Yeah. So why isn't there
0: internet? Shouldn't it just solve? Yeah, it, yeah um, and it's very um, consciously positioning this as uh, something contemporary, sort of Wi-Fi. Um, it's, it seems very possibly inspired um, partly by the whole Google hoovering up Information
1: um, f- with their Street View vans. Um. Ah, yes. Um, it also borrows more than a little from The Idiot's Lantern mm. in Series 2, in which tele- you know, televisions were stealing people's faces. Yeah, it's very much uh, in that tradition of uh, playing on fears of new technology. Yes, yeah. Uh, although I get the impression it might be Moffat's fears of, or you know, general ignorance of new technology, because the way in which um, Clara is written. You get the impression she's never had any problem with the internet before ever. <laughs> and she's like, why don't I have the internet? Shouldn't it just be there? Well, yes, unless you've ever had a connection problem at any point in the past. <laughs> I mean, there are some social networks that are mentioned later on that are. Facebook and things might be contemporary but some of the others really <laughs> really aren't. If you're a 50-something yeah, writer who was maybe got into social networking when it very first became a thing um, I can imagine that uh, Well, of course there's a bit of
0: background in that uh, Stephen Wupperts <laughs> was on Twitter for a while but uh, mm.
1: um, left because of uh, the grief he got That's true yeah. And of course, Twitter does come in for a bit of a lambasting here. It? <laughs> yeah. Hello. It's interesting that Clara's put in um, what's effectively a family setting. Mm. Um, again, harking back to the Rusty Davis era, but uh, it takes it a step away from that and more towards Moffat style. In that we're told about the family, but we never actually interact with them in any meaningful sense. They're yeah. not. They're not Characters that we we get to know at all. Oh, oh yeah. Doctor Who joke. You know, I never realize how much uh, does Moffat I not realise that he's just flogging? Uh, not even a dead horse. It's 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 gone beyond beyond the dead horse into a <laughs> kinder's microwave lasagna. It's ah, <laughs> oh, and even, a even z- having a the zombie equine. I know. Oh, it's it's. It's, it's a zombie horse that's been that's been shot and, and reburied and then reanimated by bolts of lightning several times and made to run the Grand National. Oh grief! Yeah, um, yeah. Having actually having the doctor say, "Oh, I never realised how much I love hearing people say that." Hmm. Is that is that? Oh, it just invites comparisons to how much the the we the viewers don't. Don't you want to speak to me? you know what as the Christmas episode the the snowman was playing Mm. on Christmas day I turned to my wife and said it's high time Celia Imrie was in a Doctor Who I don't think she's ever done one Mm. and lo and behold (laughs) here she is and she's brilliant I think she's she's the best bit about this episode
0: Nice view of London out the window yeah. Because you changed your mind I hope I did Yeah ah. Yeah, sit um, I'll be off to work in London In a building that's rather tall And has has quite a good view
1: from the top oh, Excellent <laughs> uh, how, how tall is the building? Um, not, sit- not as tall as a shop No <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it was
0: sixteen fours.
1: oh Okay, yeah, that's fairly tall.
0: So yeah, nowhere near as tall as the Shard, no. which
1: is now officially the tallest building in Europe, I think, mm. isn't it? Uh, and and interesting that. Inevitable that Doctor Who would use it at some point. Yeah. Um, and this has echoes of the War Games, which is the uh, William Hartnell oh, yeah, story, yeah. Um, because that was set at the top of the Post Office Tower, which was the tallest building mm. in Britain when it first opened uh, back in the 1960s, and was also concerned with a, a super advanced computer that. Uh, was wreaking havoc on the city. I I really was expecting Wotan to, to be <laughs> the villain behind this.
0: Well, one of the um, nice things about the war games is that... Um, war Machines, sorry. Is mm. that it basically anticipates the internet. Cause yeah, it, it really does. It, yeah, because... Uh, uh, This was in, was it nineteen sixty six? I think. Yeah, and it was like, um, oh, we will have this uh, network of uh,
1: computers, and they will all be able to talk to each other, and we'll be able to get all this information from it. Yes, yeah, and and precursor to artificial intelligence as Hmm. well. It became becomes uh, autonomous and self aware. Creepy child. (laughs) Oh, we creepy child who shouldn't be there.
0: Uh, i was planning to have our uh, Moffat uh, bingo cards sorted oh, out by yeah. now. If we'd had time, we we would have
1: updated them. Yeah, That's and perhaps we will. Um, you know, b- before we before we we draw the veil on on the podcast. Uh, our first glimpse of a Spoonhead, Not, which aren't actually uh, referenced by name mm. in the episode. Thank goodness, because Spoonhead it really isn't the best name for him.
0: And we get to see under the TARDIS console for the first time with this new one. So, a bit of funny
1: business with affairs and. There's no wardrobe room for the Doctor. He's he's keeping it in a locker at the the foot of the time writer. But uh, I suppose, in terms of visual shorthand, that's all you need. I think this. Tardis control room i i 'm liking it more. we know that we actually do get to see the multi level mm. effects uh, to a greater extent um, i think it 's working quite well <laughs> i do I really do like the uh, the purple frock coat it's it 's less lurid than it was in the publicity yes. pictures that they released i mean that the uh, the poster of them driving the motorcycle down the shard, it really looked sort of, almost like the Joker from Batman. It was mm. it was almost pinkish, but uh, but no, it's really, it's really nice though. It suits Matt Smith down to the ground. Of course. oh dear and that's just like the um, the Sentinel, the nodes from Silence in the Library, where mm. people are effectively uploaded into the library network and their faces appear in those uh, strange revolving things.
0: Because, um, although they've made uh, um, talk about this in terms of an urban thriller, um, Doctor Who is often um, It's the suburban
1: setting that's uh, often where you have these strange goings on. I I think the best urban thriller that uh, Doctor Who's actually done has been... Is it The Sound of Drums? Oh yeah. Where where they go on the run from the Masters of the Prime Minister. The eternal problem of how do you make um, Hacking uh, Visually interesting How do you make someone standing at a keyboard Typing away exciting Uh, They've they've singularly failed In (laughs) in things like uh, Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel But I think it works quite well Yeah, dramatic
0: music And things flashing Actually having the
1: typing there on screen And having a sense of to and fro as well It's almost like a game of tennis Mm. With the Doctor Trying things from one end, and yeah, you know, the villains in the shard trying to counter it. it, it yeah, it didn't linger too long. Uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't too expositional, and it it, it 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 worked quite effectively. Yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. I think the high watermark of exciting typing still has to be the social network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? how you can make you know, t- people standing at a keyboard for effectively yeah you know, half the movie just typing things in and talking actually thrilling. It, it takes a lot of do.
0: It helps if uh, you're Aaron Sorkin yeah. and can write Aaron Sorkin the dialogue. That's true. And if you've got David Fincher directing it. Yes. Under my protection they mm. call back both to uh, the Elephant Fire um, yes. and
1: to uh, the Christmas Invasion. Yeah, yeah It is protected. Not just the girl, but the planet. <laughs> mm, yes, and I liked this. When, you know, the doctor's you know, almost sort of fatherly or grandfatherly is looking after actual, actual jammy dodgers, official mm. branded jammy dodgers. Um, this is the thing that another thing that struck me about this episode. There is an awful lot of branding that goes on. We see. Google being used I think for the first time in Doctor Who as previously they've mm. the BBC have come up with their own sort of deliberately generic search engine that doesn't infringe on anyone's you yeah, know copyright um, f- things like Facebook and Twitter and Bebo and things are mm. are mentioned by name
0: do you think there's any significance to certain numbers such as
1: 23 being missed yeah. oh was it missed yeah oh I hadn't noticed um, apparently her age in this 24 is not the same as her age in the snowman mm. where apparently she was 26 um, there must be quite what the significance is I don't know <laughs> Although the logo is partially obscured, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those for those well, of you across the pond uh, listening to this who aren't aware, the BBC is not allowed to prominently feature any particular brand, um, anything that might class as product placement, mm. uh, is is not allowed on BBC programmes. So they tend to sh- steer clear of mentioning yeah. or featuring any sort of branded product, and usually substitute their own packaging. When um, in Rise of the Cybermen
0: Age of Steel in the press screening one of the press challenged them on the fact that uh, one of the mobile phone manufacturer logos was visible in shot um, Mm. and uh, said uh, this is preaching the BBC's charter and so they had to um, get uh, the mill who Mm -hmm. sadly closed recently oh did they? uh, yeah they've just closed the Special effects company. I had no
1: idea. Good grief!
0: That um, uh, the mill had to go
1: uh, go in and paint out. the phone logo. Yes, I mean the the BBC is a sort of company because it's funded by the public and by the license fee. It's mm. it, it doesn't need um, licensing and branding and things like that, and and B, it, it shouldn't have it morally. Yeah, um, because it's it's a pub, public service. Effectively, it's um, to keep keep it independent
0: of yeah, commercial interests. That's it. I mean, so there is the there's BBC no, Worldwide no. and
1: uh, internationally, things like BBC America operate mm. on a commercial basis. Yes, and uh, the TV channel Dave is is operated by mm. uh, BBC Worldwide as well, and that has advertising. Well, yes, but uh, but yeah, the BBC do get complaints from the public. I the public are usually the first mm. people to. Call BBC out on things like that. Oh, it's um
0: quite sweet, just the interplay between. You... Doctor down here. Yes. I take the
1: girls inside. And In. a In. Yes. I
0: need you to do something creative about that. <laughs> Controlling people
1: with uh, tablets. Yeah. That's not quite explained how she can hack people who. Yeah, who aren't? Although mm. well, I suppose if they're all connected by the Great Intelligence, then maybe it's allowed her access to yeah. to their various sort of mental faculties. I thought you probably would be. Mm. You can explain what happened to me. Yeah, I think they've
0: covered up the HP logo on the mm. um, computer mm. there.
1: <laughs>
0: Cover does seem a bit less. Um, self-assured and in the Christmas special. She's not quite so mm. proactive, chatty-chatty.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. It, it really is as though we're meeting her for the first time. This could be a season opener. Couldn't it? Mm. But this is... And, it, and it's intriguing, but this is part of my problem with Series 7 so far. I mean, of course, I haven't been on any of the commentaries uh, mm. for this series. Um, but the first half... I, I felt really, really dragged. Um, I think the Ponds stayed too long, frankly. I mean, mm. they, they left, they came back, they left, they came back, they left, they came back. Um, I think they should have either been written out part of the way through Series 7A or just been in that very first episode and then left and had the change of it. Mm.
0: Um,
1: it didn't help that, that Clara was introduced... As a surprise in *Assignment of the Daleks*, yeah, an episode which I absolutely hated. Um, it didn't do the, it didn't do the Daleks or the Ponds or the series as a whole any favours. I, I think it oh, looked, I quite liked it. Uh, I think it only existed. It, the only purpose of the episode was to have Clara make a surprise appearance, and it the Ponds served absolutely no purpose. There was no reason for them to be there and it just felt as though they were marking time and treading water in the subsequent mm. episodes it's, this finally feels as though Moffat has started telling the story that he wants to tell well, the Doctor and Clara I, I think the um, asylum of the
0: Dykes was doing other things as well such as continuing that idea of the Doctor stepping back into the shadows
1: mm, yes yeah, I, but it, it, it was quite clumsily yeah This is quite nice. Mm. What is that thing? A base Just nice and quiet, sorry, yeah, I'm quietly intimidating. Makes the change from perception filter. <laughs> yes, yes. Active camouflage. Doctor. Doctor? Oh, I rewatched the TV movie a couple of nights ago where they referred to it as. Uh, as a cloaking device. Oh, um, I it's. I like, I like the yeah, the little the vaguely historical jab at you know the London rioting. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense. Mm, it makes no sense at all, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but as you say, it does ground it in the in the here and now. It's a nice way of sort of rushing through the TARDIS <laughs> oh, no. uh, introduction, and, having... And the one long tracking shot from out on the street mm. into the control room and back out again. Although it's quite a clumsy cut before they jump back to the... Like that, there, where she, where she just sweeps across camera and yeah, the, the hidden wipe It's mm. Mm. But yeah, it does the job. Nice. The the um, one thing I do think we have to mention is the TARDIS control room is basically fulfilling what the original um, Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, design was supposed to look like. Mm. Um, Yeah, the coral design, as it's often referred to, the two levels. Uh, With the two levels, yeah, the original um, design, the original concept artwork had it. As it basically as we as it was on screen, but within a sphere, mm. and you you came into the you accessed the console via a bridge mm. a platform with it was going to be a mesh iron meshwork as opposed to glass, but then there was going to be a spiral staircase leading down to a little living area underneath. Mm. Uh, but the only reason they didn't actually do that was because the warehouse in which they constructed it wasn't tall enough, <laughs> so they just kept the top half. and and lost the living area underneath. Um, So that's basically what they've done with it now. Where's it gone? Find that box! (laughs) 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 Cup of tea. I do like the fact that they've had Clara... They've introduced Clara twice and introduced Clara to the TARDIS twice in as many episodes mm. and obviously they've made less of it here because we've already seen yeah. that but it's still it's still managed quite nicely yeah they don't okay. repeat themselves too much they don't simply skip over it I'd shut that door behind me if I were you <laughs> <laughs> you don't want people wondering <laughs> we've got a bit of corridor running yeah, an actual door to another bit of the TARDIS which is going to come in handy later in the series of course because there is an episode called Ah, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS which I don't know, I'm looking forward to but I'm really worried about because I really, really want to see more of the TARDIS and it sounds like the sort of episode I've always wanted to see Mm. but, you know, these things are always better in our imaginations than they are on screen yeah, well, um, considering
0: last time they did something like that, we got um, the Invasion of Time
1: with wow, the hospital yes. corridors um, looping in on themselves. And Moffat has specifically cited that as one of the reasons he wanted to do another episode and do it properly. Is yes, you the do. Part? You always have. <laughs>
0: So that's why you land it on
1: Dalek Spaceship. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, and that's London best. Bridge. Yeah. And of course, harking back to Rose, the very first episode, where mm. you know, the Doctor and Rose run across the bridge, but in the opposite direction. Yeah, Westminster oh, Bridge. Westminster yeah. Bridge, that's it.
0: Hmm. Uh, surveillance. Uh...
1: <sighs> yes, although they're not even using official surveillance cameras yeah. and looks, looks of it. They're somehow you know, hacking into you know? tourists' cameras. Must in, be connected to the cloud. <laughs> there you go. Of course, and all increasingly digital cameras are. Um, it's interesting though because I'm, I'm I'm writing uh, a novel in at the moment which is set in contemporary London, mm. uh, and certain plot points rely on the fact that London has one of the biggest networks of surveillance cameras in the world. Yeah. They, in fact, they think there are more security cameras uh, in London than in the whole of North Korea. <laughs> Not that anyone's been into North Korea to count more, <laughs> but by, by, uh, yeah. by most estimates, uh, London is the single most surveilled place on the face of the planet. And mm. uh, notice the Shard prominently in shot in the yeah. background. Yeah, you can't miss it. Yeah, it? And, and, s- and s- St Paul's. So it's, it's nice. It's a nice juxtaposition of old and new icons. Hmm. What do you what do you make of the Shard as a building? Because it seems to have divided an awful lot of people.
0: Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I, um,
1: I know that people have um,
0: called, uh compared it to um, Barad-dûr and Mordor Tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pictures uh, photoshopped the flaming eye of Sarah on top of it um, yeah I I don't know I've not seen it enough in situ to uh, have a strong opinion so now I'm heading to London in a few yes. weeks time I'll probably be
1: seeing more of it absolutely it does seem to be wildly out of proportion with everything around it hmm um
0: we had the Lost Souls uh, screaming out Twitter joke, yes. Yes, yes, we know The sure sign of um, uh, computer expertise is uh, knowing about Twitter.
1: Yes, that struck me as odd. And Clara can only make the joke now that she's sort of accessed all this information about computers <laughs> from from the great intelligence. That's very strange. And that that smacks of someone who isn't very technically minded trying to write about yeah. computers. Yeah. Which is a problem that Russell T. Davis suffered from as well. I mean he as far as Davis was concerned, computers were magic boxes that made things happen. Or at least as far as storytelling was concerned.
0: Hmm. I quite like this little
1: sequence with hmm. different people. Yes. It was effectively menacing, wasn't it? The oh. and, and the waitress does a very good impression of um Celia like, Rimley's mannerisms. Assuming she hasn't been dug. You
0: um, were right, sir. yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith is very good. He is. Just the echo of mm. <laughs> So there is an interesting connection here because um, I you uh, Oswin you in
1: uh,
0: is. a sorry number the Daleks had all that uh, computer ah, uh, hacking skills to hack
1: the Dalek. Um, hmm. So we're seeing the, the different aspects of her character resurfacing in different circumstances. Hmm. Just let me show you what control of the Wi-Fi can do Hmm. I saw what hmm. you can do last night. And care I don't think we really needed all the little binary <laughs> <laughs> projections on the people to get the message that they're being controlled by the Wi Fi. The once they've been exposed long enough, so there's one of your walking base stations here somewhere close. There's always someone close. We've released
0: thousands into the world. They home in on the Wi-Fi like rats, flipping
1: cheese. Of course, um, uh, Google are currently developing Google Glass. But, yes. Um, I see that there have been um, some, some grave concerns about privacy. privacy and, yeah, if you've got people with...
0: Um, always on uh, cameras feeding everything back to Google's servers to map the world (coughs)
1: and and apparently um, buried in the small print of some uh, security bill that was passed in the US Congress a few years ago but there's only recently come to light Um, the US security services do have the right to access any. information held in U.S. servers mm. um, without you know, notifying relevant parties and as most of Google servers are in the U.S. So yeah, you've got actual
0: social networks Google plus Flickr uh, mm. Foursquare
1: Twitter Yes which is the sort of thing that they've, they've traditionally avoided I, I guess they're hoping that by showing lots of different ones yes it's, it's, it's almost become a a cliche but whenever the BBC mentions any yeah. brand uh, which they sometimes have to by necessity if it's a particular story that's, that's folks that famous. involves a particular brand they usually mention other brands are also available. So yeah, you notice that they uh, quite
0: routinely put Facebook and Twitter um, on uh, up on screen, like "follow us on Twitter for BBC stuff." Mm, that's uh, true. Without saying other social networks are, <laughs> are, also, available.
1: are also available. Yes, good point. I them. I suppose if the BBC aren't on them, then you can't follow them on it Are you listening to me, Doctor? I I'm listening to you. You found So who does the visual effects now that the mill's shut down? Well, I, I think they um, started um,
0: uh, sharing it with BBC in the house at the start of Stephen Moffat's oh, era, nice. or some, well, some time ago. Yeah. So did, why, why exactly did the mill
1: close down, you know?
0: I don't know, I just think that... Um, The environment's changed And they've been
1: getting less work Or whatever Because I know that um, Rhythm and Hughes Did the visual effects for Life of Pi Mm. Famously Declared back bankruptcy
0: I was... Yeah, this is very similar to Idiot's Lantern,
1: where you have all the faces trapped in the televisions. It must be very distracting to work in an office <laughs> where you've got thousands of screens behind you all screaming, Help me, help me. I just recognised one of the um, guys in one of the things. I know him from
0: Cardiff. Oh, yeah, yeah. from lives nearby. <laughs> so, there. Hi, John Dent. Spotted you in shot. All oh, right. Oh, I know John Dennis. Yes. How did
1: he end up in there? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we could stop him. Uh, bikes seem to be a new thing. Apparently next week's episode. Uh, I say next week. The rings of a carton. This week's episode uh, features a bike.
0: In the Olympics, 2074.
1: Kind of in I, I love the, this guy
0: with the chips He is great. Doing the, <laughs> doing a the arch.
1: <laughs> it's quite incongruous, isn't it? And then the face. He <laughs> can do that. He can really actually do that. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Now, this yeah. this scene has had a lot of criticism online. People saying that uh, Doctor Who has now jumped the shark because the Doctor rode a motorcycle at the outside of the shark. I didn't have any problem with it at all. No. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's no sillier than um, lots of things Doctor Who <laughs> has done, like flying double-decker buses. And... Uh,
1: yeah, a crash, yeah f- almost crashing the space Titanic into Buckingham Palace.
0: And... <laughs> An anti-gravity bike
1: is par for the course, really. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to pick any, yeah, if you're going to pick a jump the shark moment, or jump the shard moment, I suppose you just say, oh. oh, sorry, <laughs> um, this seems a rather odd one to choose. Yeah,
0: it's interesting that the ducks is ha- happy for the consciousness is trapped just to die without any attempt to... Uh, you'd think you'd be able to uh, download them onto a space USB stick and upload
1: yes. them to the library or something like well, that. Well, quite, yeah. I mean... Obviously they're lost and they're not sure where they are, but do we know that they're in
0: pain or well, suffering? Or even or if they are,
1: surely you could uh, transfer them somewhere better. Hmm, absolutely. If it's good enough for River Song, then... Uh, yeah. Is it ever actually made clear what the Great Intelligence wants with all of these minds in the Wi-Fi? Like, it doesn't seem to be consuming them, because they're all still there. as we're told. I think he it is important...
0: He's feeding on them, right. But I suspect that the way that the great intelligence pops up here, um, I suspect that this might be another thing that pays off further down the line.
1: Right. She's fully integrated now. over the entire cloud. We can't do that. No, we can't.
0: so another thing in the Moffat bingo is duplicative yeah. <laughs> yeah. character sort of, to, to select her all over again mm, it just... she
1: says. Uh, as an ending goes I mean this, this was a pretty good it, it actually makes sense it uses yes. things that they've established within the story uh, which isn't always the case in Doctor Who by any means um, I do think they skip through it a little quickly perhaps. But you know, it it does everything it needs to
0: It's interesting that they use the language of uploading people's souls. Yes. It's certainly yeah. more spiritual term than
1: uh, mm-hmm. than simply saying consciousness. Yeah. Hmm. Doctor. Well it's only the chap at the beginning, is it, I think, the mentioned souls no, right. or is it the doctor? This building is under
0: unit's control.
1: What is unit? I've never it. Yay, well done unit. Apparently changed uniforms. Friends of the doctor, I presume. Oh,
0: old friends. Very old friends. Hmm. Which is a slight continuity error, because yeah, that it was um, Lethbridge stewart who fought the Great Intelligence before. It was only after the uh, incident with the Yetis on the Underground that UNIT was formed, because oh, yeah. it's um,
1: the invasion, the Cyberman ah, story, which is UNIT's first appearance. That's eyeing. true. Although, presumably, we, we, I, I get the impression that the Great Intelligence has been sort of Skulking around Earth hmm. all this time, just and like, in watching fact, and waiting. And in fact, there are um,
0: spin off stories that um, have involved him. So uh, there was a fan video downtime that involved Ah, uh, yes, Nick And the Great and, uh, which I think was also published as
1: a Virgin uh, Books novel. Right. Yes, now I've always meant to get get around to watching downtime, and I never have. I did like this the little revelation that all these people were just sort of random passers by that had been grabbed by the Great Intelligence and repurposed. Although they'd um, still had time to update their
0: social media profiles as to their new working ah, location. well, yes. <laughs> Even when not.
1: brainwashed, <laughs> they were still going on Twitter. And... Well, obviously the brainwashing power of Facebook is greater than that. The <laughs> yeah. But it's nice that, I mean, traditionally in Doctor Who, particularly in the new series, the villain and the villains... Agenda has been the ongoing mystery, um, and of course now that we've got Clara being the, the ongoing thread and the mystery yeah. of the series, um, it's good that Moffat is being quite straightforward with the villain. Yeah, it's the Great Intelligence again; he's going to be the big bad, and yeah, it's he's he's got the face and voice of Richard E. Grant, which is terrific. <laughs> up to so wearing to the, the specks. Specs Looking an awful lot like Harold Lloyd, the f- silent movie star. And you haven't been to any of them, have you? That's why you keep the book. You keep the
0: book? It sounds alright. I do like the way the TARDIS is lit centrally below as well as mm-hmm. above yes. central corner. You know. think about
1: the time machine run
0: away all you like and still be home in time to tease the way you say. an echo of Amy being back for her day wedding day, day. Mm. day. So yeah. that whole fairy tale thing and echoes <laughs> of things like Narnia and so on <laughs> yeah. exactly go back and no time just, at all has
1: passed I do like the relationship I, I do wish I don't mind her being flirty. I don't wish that. I do wish that um, Matt Smith, Doctor, wouldn't respond in quite the way that he does. It's yeah. as if he's forgotten that he's married. <laughs> River Song is going to kick your ass up and down that control room when she, when she comes home. Why? That wasn't a leap. That was page one. Do we assume that the leaf is going to be significant in the weeks to come? Right then, Charles That's exactly the same line as at the end of the snow isn't it? Well,
0: I think they might have included that in the trailer remember that. So it wasn't quite So it was included.
1: This is Moffat's version of the end of the world, isn't it? Big, alien-rich, epic, far-future sci-fi. I'm looking forward to that. It's
0: nice when uh, Doctor Who does proper space
1: aliens, space software. Now, I still think that mummy in the glass case is some form of draconian. We'll have to see if I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: enjoyed that I thought um, I'm still I'm not entirely sold on the
1: ongoing mystery of who Clara is um, uh, No, uh, I, I th- but then again, I, th- I, th- I think it's partly because they've dragged it out a little yes. bit too long I mean, We spent the whole of the first half of the series sort of focusing on who was Clara going to be, what was her significance and you know they they left us sort of hanging for for six weeks while they trotted out the the ponds sort of mm. farewell tour. But now that we're here, now that the you know, the momentum has, has has started to gather, I think we're in the midst of the story that Moffat really wants to tell. Yeah, uh, I think it's, I, it promises to be good. Yeah, I think it, it'd have sped things
0: up if um, they'd have kept. Well, I'd have preferred it if we'd had Victorian Clara. Um, as a companion because mm. it would have also been nice to have a companion who wasn't from uh, the present day yes now yes, that true. obviously that would mess around with how the Christmas special was structured and it's sort of obviously been planned this way so we'll have to wait and see how it pays off and so on but yeah it has felt like it's a long time in getting going with Clara as a companion. So yes. hopefully now that we get into that and the series, she begins as a companion proper. Hmm. Then
1: uh, we can uh, enjoy that. Yeah. It seems to have, I mean her arrival, uh, yeah, her her permanent status now as as companion seems to have moved this series away from the standalone mini movies that um, uh, that sort of really marked. Series Seven A, didn't they? Mm. Um, even to the extent that they they did movie style posters for each episode. Well, they've
0: done those for some of. And they're, they're doing it for this as yeah. well,
1: but I. They really felt that yes, there, there was the ongoing saga of the Ponds building up to leaving, but. The episodes really were standalone. Yeah, there's nothing to connect them, and I, I think we're going to have more of a natural flow and a progression. Uh, now with 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 Clara writing, hmm. that, that's the impression I get. Yeah, I, could be
0: I, I I think it works better to um, is to make the companion and the, the doctor and the companion and what and their character and what's happening to them yeah. the ongoing storyline yeah. rather than something external, as it were, because then you have to. Um, to get that to work with Doctor Who spanning all of time and space yes. is tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you either have to... Um, yeah, it's that whole thing of of making the universe seem small because the Doctor keeps running up against it's the set, same people. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we did suffer a bit from the doctor being a big fish in a small pond in series six hmm. which i, I think uh which i'm not a fan of i'd i'd rather he was an explorer in a big universe hmm.
1: but uh i think this this half series has a lot of potential yeah so
0: i'm looking forward to it i know uh very little about what's coming up beyond hmm. episode
1: titles and Uh, trailers Uh, we know that the Ice Warriors are returning in an episode written by Mark Gatiss Uh, we've got uh, the Crimson Terror is this? that's right yeah the Crimson Terror which is another Gatiss episode which is going to feature um, Jenny and Madame Mm Vastra and Strax again and of course uh, Neil Gaiman is writing uh, an episode for the Sidemen or has written an episode for the Sidemen which I'm very much looking forward to Mm. Yay, Neil Gaiman. (laughs) Yes, yay, Neil Gaiman. Yay, Scary Cybermen. Yes. Um, And so that leads us into the 50th anniversary special, which started filming last week. Well, there's also a second one from Neil Cross, is it? Oh, Oh, Hyde. Hyde Hyde is the one from Neil Cross, which is apparently the first block of this half-series that Mm. they filmed. Uh, And there's also the eighth episode of this run, which... uh, which is Moffat's series finale. Yes, which we know. Little about it. I, I know nothing about it at all. I don't think they've even released a title for that one, have they? I? I don't think so. Mm. No, if, if we're if, if we're wrong, I'm. Yeah, yeah sure. there's
0: I'm sure there are better, informed people in us uh, who have mm-hmm. been keeping their ears to the ground yeah. and to the rumor mills of the mm-hmm. interwebs. Yeah, um, we we
1: should. Talk briefly, I think, about the 50th anniversary yes. special, shouldn't we? Yeah, that's very exciting. We had a flurry of, of information released yeah. by the BBC. It if, with. if you've been
0: avoiding the announcements, oh. you're probably living under a rock. But uh, yeah, How you can have avoided <laughs> this, I don't know. Cause yeah. It's been on the news and all sorts. Um, but uh,
1: David Tennant and Billy Piper returning to the series. Yes, yeah, sure, uh, so for. I assume as the Tenth Doctor and Rose and not as John Smith, the kind of pseudo half-Doctor from the parallel universe because that would suck. Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, mm. I assume they're going to be taken, it's, it is going to be the actual Tenth Doctor and Rose taken out of time and transported to to, uh, or to the Eleventh Doctor's time or vice versa. Yeah, an, an adventure they had that we didn't see. Yes. Yeah. Um, and of course the Zygons are returning. Yes, uh, looking um, uh, looking chunkier
0: than they did yeah, previously. Similar, but a bit mm,
1: a little less organic, it must be said. But then uh, we haven't seen them sort of properly yeah, lit and on screen it, yet. It,
0: it was very much sort of in full daylight. Yeah, yeah. Sort of
1: someone standing in the costume mm. may well look more effective. Doctor Who, it must be said, has not been great when it comes to releasing initial publicity shots of its monster redesigns. Uh, They had the problem with the Cybermen way back in Series 2. They did it again with the Sontarans in Series 4. Yeah. yeah. I think it's partly the rush to get something out before they're snapped. I think they had already been photographed by... Is it the Silver Cloak? The the group of of fans who tend to follow the production team around and take, take photos... Um, so I I think the production team must have made the decision before going out filming that day we're going to make an official announcement and get it out there quick Yeah, so that they can control it Um, John Hurt of course actor of of some some great standing is going to be in the the 50th anniversary special so who will he be playing me under I I really don't know, it's interesting
0: it wouldn't surprise me if um uh, he turns out to be a Time Lord of some description or hmm. other. it's If you're going to do something drawing on Doctor Who's mythology and on the Time Lords and hmm. so on, then the 50th anniversary is a good time to do so. And as with having uh, Sir Der- Derek Jacobi as uh, Professor Yano, the Master, and hmm. John Sim, if you're going to uh, have... Uh, the Master or some other character like that uh, back um, uh, Timothy
1: Dalton as Rassilon you're going to get someone with some acting chops Yeah, Yeah, someone with some clout and some gravitas. Yeah, and I can see him making a very good time on it actually. And the BBC have officially said that Christopher Eccleston never agreed to to take mm. part ever, but he so. was in talks he was in talks Yeah, it's interesting that he got as far as yeah. meeting them. <laughs> yeah. I must admit I, I was surprised that he got that far I would have thought we'd yeah. just given him a, a plain no um, so, so disappointing that we're yeah. not going to be seeing him again because I did like Christopher Eccleston mm. he, he's it, a, he was a very good it dover. would have been good to have um, and apparently none of the other doctors at least not on screen I have heard a rumour not substantiated by anything that they will be providing voiceovers for various hmm. parts of the 50th anniversary special, which would be a very handy way of getting around the problem of them having aged considerably. Yeah. And, you know, they would allow them to have a presence without stopping the story and having everyone pointing and going, ooh, look, it's Colin Baker, ooh, look, it's Paul McGowan. And they could uh, find
0: audio clips of the. Older Doctors Absolutely, yeah uh, Because um, for the 40th anniversary um, they had something similar with Big Finish's Stories of Graeus, oh, where okay. you had um, in the TARDIS echoes of different Doctors of mm. the o- older Doctors and they'd got um, they'd unearthed some uh, new material with John Pertwee that, so they had audio recordings that weren't from a Televised oh, story where they had certain things that they edited and mm-hmm. just dropped in and worked around
1: it to make use of it. So, so yes, I, I prefer that to the approach taken with the Five Doctors, which was the twentieth anniversary mm. special, uh, where they recast the first Doctor because, of course, William Hartnell had passed away. And as much as as good an actor as Richard Hurdle was, I it's you you shouldn't recast. <laughs> Ironically, yeah, <laughs> you know, for for a role that's defined by being recast every every few years, I don't think you should go back and recast. I don't think you should yeah. recast retrospectively. That's so yeah, and an awful lot to look forward to. Yeah, so exciting times, mm,
0: definitely. Fifty years of Doctor Who, five years of our podcast, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, let's hope that uh, Doctor Who. Continues a lot longer than our podcast. Well, yes, yes, no, inevitably. I, th- I think it,
1: it makes an awful lot more money than our podcast. <laughs> um, so, and yeah. it has an awful, it has a much bigger audience. <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully, our audience don't complain about the podcast as much as Doctor Who's audience complains about Doctor Who. Well, I, d- I, d- I doubt we have. Um... <laughs> Do you think someone's made a podcast? <laughs> Criticising Impossible Podcasts. It's not as good as it used to be. (laughs) It's jumped the shark. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I don't like the new theme music. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, thank you for listening. Mm. Um, uh, Yes, we won't be uh, doing weekly commentaries, but um, stay tuned for the few bits and pieces over the next um, few weeks, just as we begin to wind things down. Um, thanks very much for listening.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.
0: You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.